We would love to hear from you, our fab listeners, about what's working on the podcast. What do you want more of and are you inspired? Please go to astoryinside.com backslash survey and help a girl out. Let us know. What you say all the time, everyone has a story inside and it's so true. We all have that story, but I think millions of women can see their story in my story as well. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm your host, Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I am interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Jay Wu is a realtor extraordinaire from Hyler Realty. And I'm not just saying that because she helped me buy my first house. She has this level of drive and tenacity that's just infectious to be around. And yet at the same time, she's emotionally available, which is not really common in people who have a lot of drive. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about where she came from. And we're going to have her give some of her tips to success. And I really want her to speak up more about this idea of keeping on moving. It's so great to have you here today, Jay. How are you? Oh, thanks so much for having me, Kim. Love it. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. What do you do about the head crap? You know, I squelch it. Um, I don't let it even enter at all. It's how I stay uh, inspired, kind of Pollyanna view of the world, frankly, People have a lot of noise. People have a lot of negative thoughts, comments, and feedback constantly. We're in a world where I think there is a lot of negativity. However, there's a lot of positivity. And so for me, I choose to squelch those thoughts of I can't or I won't or how can I? And instead, how can I? What can I do? What is possible? And constantly looking at that as the next steps instead of letting doubt and fear enter into my psyche. No, that makes a lot of sense. We do get kind of pulled down by our own heads. We don't even need somebody else to do it for us, right? Yeah. Now, you you grew up Jay Hua. Am I saying yes. that right? Yes, Jay Hua. Wow, look at me. I know you a little. Um, in this <laughs> a lot, tiny actually. town, in this tiny town, I know you a lot. In this <laughs> tiny, tiny town outside Seoul, Korea, yeah. with no running mm-hmm. water and no electricity. And then you came here at five, I think, right? Seven, almost seven. Seven, almost seven. And then you were put into a position to take care of your sisters because your parents went and worked in the convenience store business really long hours. That's a hard situation, right? And then you broke free and you got your independence. Tell us a little bit about the, you were angry at first about that independence. So tell us first how you went from the anger into your thirties where you really found yourself. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I think that as a teenager hormones were, you know, inexperienced at life and what life entails. And I look back at my very angry 13, 14, 16, 18 year old self And I was always like, woe is me. Why am I the one? I don't get a childhood. I have to take care of everything. I have to take care of everyone. And when I ran away from home and I started creating my own life at 18 years old, I was so focused on surviving. I couldn't let any of that anger kind of come in, actually. I kind of 
focused on future versus reflecting on past or any of that. And what happened was my frontal lobe developed, empathy, uh, compassion for what my mother was going through. Frankly, I, I knew that she was kind of a victim as well herself in um, a miserable marriage and a miserable life that she didn't choose. You know, she was mm -hmm. subject to being that subservient good woman. And so I started having empathy for what she must have been going through versus being angry with her. And so after college and all the other 20s and finding my career, I realized that Oh, that was that was like a different chapter that I spent so many years just putting my head down and working and surviving and figuring out how to have success, how to create a life, how to live a happy life. Because I looked at my mom's life that was totally void of, in my opinion, what I felt was void of, of joy and happiness. And instead, I chose to create a life that was a complete opposite of what I witnessed growing up. And I don't want to subject myself or if I were to have children, a life like that. And so I chose a different path. I chose to be unique and different and just hard work to put all of that behind me and read a lot of motivational books, books I wasn't mm. introduced to in high school and in college, frankly. It was all books that I learned when I entered into the real estate industry and books like Think and Grow Rich and The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And the latest one that I love is um, You Are a Badass, you know, by Jen Sincero. And so there are so many inspiring books that evolve and I'm a different person than I was at 18. I look back and how can I be so different? And it really is every human has the ability to change on an interior and exterior level, our cells are sh shedding and changing. I mean, I don't, I don't remember what the stats were, but we reprocess and we have brand new cells every, I don't know, it's like 10 years or so. There's nothing mm -hmm. in our system that is the same. And so I look at it as, you know, the caterpillar that I was and I morphed into the butterfly I get to be today and always coming from a place of thinking of what's possible. How can this be better? How can I be better? Who can I surround myself with that can provide better influences? You know, if it's toxic and it's bad, you know, it's time to let that go. You know, yeah, get thoughts out. as well right. as people. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Because there's only so much time. That's right. Like push on through. And that's what this yes. person was saying to me recently. They're like, just bust through. Just do it. Just like, you know what you want. Just get it. Just move on. Just like people, whatever. Just go. Now, um, Things are going great for you in the real estate industry, despite uh, the troubling year that we've had. And, you know, I bought a house as a single woman and you helped me do that. Are you seeing women buy houses? Are you helping any single women or are you mostly seeing couples buying houses? You know, what's interesting is that I've helped a lot of couples primarily purchase. However, it's interesting, even in those couples situation, it's the woman that makes majority of the income. Oh, and so I'm attracted to powerful women that are the intelligent primary breadwinners in the relationship. And so if I look back at 26 years of the people I've helped, they have been either divorcees, single women, or women that are the primary breadwinners in that family or in that relationship. So they'll be the attorney or they're the doctor or they're the medical director and the husband may be an actor 
or, you know, mm. just some other, you know, producer or some other role, whereas the, the woman is the high income earner, the steady Freddie, the hardworking. And so, and the, the man isn't. So it's been kind of interesting if I look back through the last 26 years. So I have my house and it, I love my house, right? And on the good days, when I drive away from my house, sometimes I look back and I go, <gasps> Like, I'm still like, that's my house. Like, I'm blown away, right? Like, I'm super grateful. But then there were the days that I got into the neighbor's fence is falling over and their palm fronds and their tree are landing on my roof. And I'm out there with a shovel in cowboy boots on a stool and I'm mad at them and I'm going to get them. And I'm spending all this time I could be creating or napping or being in joy, mad at the palm trees, right? And a girlfriend of mine comes over and I show her, I show her what I'm going through. And she looks at me, she goes, I have an idea. How about you don't just look at that side of the house? (laughs) I have never been freaking happier. (laughs) She goes, she goes, she goes, who goes there? She goes, who goes to that? It's the side of the house. She goes, someday you'll deal with it right now. Stay where it makes you happy. And I was like, oh, but isn't that interesting? I was gravitating towards the one area that was making me sat like mad, you know, 97% of it's great. And even that's great. She goes, are the palm fronds bothering your roof? Why do you need to get them off your roof? And I was like, she goes, do some research. Are palm fronds even heavy? I was like, all all good points, all good points. (laughs) <laughs> I came with galoshes and, and power washed that side of the house for you. You so, did. You know. <laughs> it, the side of the house looks great, but we're just not going back there right now. I was scrolling through social media and two hours had gone by. I could have worked on my business, spent time with my kids, or written a chapter of my book. Are you complaining you don't have time to write or support or structure? Head over to my new live class, Own Your Authorship, where in eight weeks, you'll not just uncover your dream book, but find your voice. That's a storyinside.com backslash own dash your dash authorship. And now back to our amazing guest. So let's talk about your book. And I love that you said that real estate is a journey, not a, really a destiny. Like we don't, you know, it just goes, right? You yeah. know, and a book is the same way. And I know it was really hard for you emotionally to write. And I know it was hard for you almost physically to write because you're like a yes. go-getter. And so to sit in the chair for like two to three hours is really hard. Now, some people in six months finish their book and some people take six months to get to where you got to, which is everything down on the page but you're still not sure what you want to do with the book. So Mm -hmm. right now, if you think about what you wrote and you think about where you are, where do you think the journey is going to go? You know, I see the journey being much bigger because I am a big hag thinker, big hairy audacious goals. And um, I truly believe that the impact of my story, especially now with all the Asian hate and the anti Asian um, Pacific Islander uh, people right now, it's relevant more than ever before to have someone that like me, that looks like me, stand up and speak up and tell the story. Because what's interesting is the story is on repeat with practically every other Asian female that is either first generation or immigrated here. They're like, that. that's me too. I was a firstborn. I have parents that did that. 
I had those expectations. Mm. I had I had to live that life. Yes, my parents beat me too. And this was the generational in my age era and you know, a little older, younger, this is what's happening. And so many people can relate to the story. Maybe the end path is different. I know some are lonely, some are divorced, some are maybe not as happy as I am, but the journey to adulthood and finding um, myself is is a story that people see themselves in and I feel that the platform in which I can take this and unite Asian people as well as you know other minority women to have that voice to speak up and that what you say all the time everyone has a story inside and it's so true we all have that story but I think millions of women can see their story in my story as well. And what so I really want to elevate this to a, a very big platform, so get some true. forwards written, have, have a book agent, and, and really take this to another level. I feel like well. the book has it in it, and that's why I'm being so meticulous about the editing phase and adding the salt and pepper and flavors to it with the base that you helped me so working with you. I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't get introduced to you thank god by a dear friend and um we just were simpatico from the first time we had coffee together obviously and spending all those hours and months uh working with you and you really are such a brilliant talented interviewer as well as extractor really extracting the story out of me and onto a page and yeah it was not easy <laughs> it definitely was not easy but that's why, you know, if you can't do it, you you hire someone who can. But I think too, though, it was like almost antithetical to your mantra. So your mantra is mm -hmm. like, try to stay in the positive and, and you had to write about the past and there yeah. was no way to make the past in certain parts positive. You could no. later with what you said about the forgiveness and your mother and realizing she wasn't a victim, but you gotta, you gotta be where other people are at too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that was hard because, you know, you did have to go to a little bit of that darkness. I think that made you uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to bring up and, you know, I have a new class now that really talks about how important it is to have support, right? Like cohort support. And one thing I wanted to say is that I hear this very often with women. And I have a client that calls certain women's husbands dream killers. Because the women are ready to write the book and they're ready to tell their story and they go to ask their husband permission and he want they want to keep them where they at where they're at and they don't want them to invest the money. Well, I, I can't tell you how many times I've started to see this because I'm, you know, having a lot more calls with people. You did not tell your husband, who is a huge supporter of you, you guys are yes. an amazing marriage. You did not tell him you were writing the book. No. And then you did tell him. So yes. I think this is important for you to share why for the, for the women out there that are scared to have that big conversation with their mm. partner, I need to do this. It's going to be okay. Tell me how that went down a little bit. Cause I think that's going to be very valuable. Yeah. You know, it's funny is that I've been such an independent woman, self-made. I mean, everything that I created, I did it by myself and I never needed permission. And it's interesting Sometimes, no fault to him, it's my father issues, really, of, you know, it's not that he suppresses me or he holds me back. I have, in the back of my head, my father did my entire life. And so once in a while, I have to take that little aback and be like, wait, is that him? I'm projecting what he's doing, or is that me and my 
childhood brain saying, why are you suppressing this thought or why are you not being open about things uh, because of the movie in my head? So that still mm -hmm. is played out because it's a pretty, you know, obviously very intense times when my father, you know, really formed a, a lot of some of maybe my hiccups that I have in a holding back on things that I work very hard to get past. And so I know that he, my husband is proud of me and supports me and is always uh, behind everything that I do. And sometimes though, for me, I have to do it on my own. Mm. I've got to create and build and do the things without anybody else's noise. I have my business partner, fortunately, who is my work husband, and I bounce a <laughs> I lot of things title. off of him. Um, and so I do have an, a, another, you know, ally in my life that's almost, you know, like a big brother uh, personality where I can just tell him and there isn't any noise in my head or father drama or anything. I can just tell Sean, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And he always comes from this empathetic, loving place of like, yeah, I love that. Or you should do this. And that's great. And rah, rah, you go, girl. Whereas with the husband, in our minds... It's like, well, what is it that's holding me back of telling him I want to bake it a little bit more until it's more done, you know, because I want him to be proud of me. But then wait a second, is that my father thing? Like, I want my father to be proud of me thing. So like, okay, let it all go. Let it all go. You know, it's great. You know, he's going to come out great in it because he is great. I wouldn't be where I am today if he didn't lately carry I mean, he's really been a single dad because I've been working so much. Wow. Poor, poor guy, because he's taken on <laughs> all the, the load of what needs to happen with their school and their schedule and their, you know, practices and driving and everything as the country has been opening up kind of a thing. And our city is getting about more. And, you know, he, he knows that he's my hero. He knows that there's this unconditional love for him. And I know he's proud of me. And when we did have that conversation, he's proud of everything I do. And I mm -hmm. only am the one that suppresses me and my thoughts. And so back to your question of women who um, are, are feeling hesitant, marriage is a compromise. It is a partnership. It is teamwork. And if my teammate um, can be in, this, in, in the field with me and work with me and be my partner and be a collaborator, everything's better. So just rip the Band-Aid and talk about it. It's not easy. <laughs> exactly. Our own hesitations or whatever exactly. we have going on in here, the movie in our heads. If frankly, reality is always better than what we think the outcome's going to be. And so just to rip the Band-Aid off turn on that fire, have a nice glass of wine. Hey, honey, you know, I just have something wonderful to tell you. And <laughs> I want to share our story. I think what we have is, is something that's going to be beneficial. And you know, somebody last night said something wonderful to me, and he just had a book come out as well. And he said, generationally, wouldn't it have been lovely if every single one of our ancestors wrote a memoir so we can understand where we came from and what our history is. And I, he said, I wrote this book knowing that in two, three, four generations later, my my uh, aunt downline can look me up and say, oh, that was that was my great, great, great grandpa. And this is what his story was and how interesting this is where I came from. And that really resonated with me. And it was just over a barbecue last night. And I said, you know what? We all should have a semblance of what our story is not to you know like have a, our whole life journal on a thing but just a reflection of who we are 
what our life, what our childhood was like, who some of the people in our family are, and the story of how you got on this journey. And who knows where the destination is? Every day is a surprise, right? That's Every right. day is something new and never know what's going to happen. But, you know, it's interesting to just focus on every day being a gift and to not focus so much on the destination, but know that the gift of today is the best we can open up. I love that. Well, we're going we're gonna to end on that note because that's a very good, I think everybody should write a, a memoir so we can generationally remember. I think that mm. is is beautiful. It's been so amazing to commiserate with you here today. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks, Kim, for having me. I just love you so much and everything you've created. You're just absolutely amazing. Back at you. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts.